Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott. Today, we are counting down 24-7 Sports' preseason top 25 rankings with the help of national basketball writer Kevin Flaherty. Before we get started, we'd love for you guys to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Let's go. Coming in at number eight in 24-7 Sports' preseason college basketball top 25 countdown are the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who Kevin last year, not to spend all this time talking about my bracket, but I had them winning the whole thing. And then they, of course, ran into the buzzsaw that was Texas Tech and sort of got shut down. But here they are at number eight, despite the fact that outside of Killian Tilly, who is once again injured, these are a lot of new faces. There are a lot of new faces. The only returning starter from last year's team is actually Corey Kispert. And, and so when, when you look at that and say, okay, Corey Kispert's the only guy back, you know, Killian Tilly has this injury history. Uh, I can see why a lot of people w- would want to move them down based on that information. But then you look at the recruiting class that they brought in, you know, was, was one of the nation's best. Yeah, number it's 13. Third, yep. 13 in the, in the 24-7 sports composite. Then they went out and just basically replaced their backcourt on the transfer market. They got Admin Giller from Texas A&M, Ryan Woolridge from North Texas, and, and they're just a giant team outside of some of those guys. You know, they have six players who are six foot eight or taller. I think five or six foot ten are taller, and so not a lot of teams are going to be able to match up with that kind of size. Not a lot of teams are going to be able to match up with that backcourt duo. And, and then if Tilly, you know, is able to heal up, Kispert has already looked like, you know, he's going to be sort of the next Gonzaga player to, to break out who's been within the program. All, all of a sudden, the pieces kind of fit together a little bit. You say, okay, this is this is another probable, you know, 28-30 win Gonzaga team that's that's going to have a monster season. Yeah, I want to ask you about those those transfers in the backcourt. So last year's Gonzaga identity was Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark. And I think Rui probably got the early season praise. And then I think everyone started to realize as, as the season wore on that Brandon Clark, um, a shot-blocking, efficient field goal scoring extraordinaire, was the best player on that team. Okay, so the, those two are gone. But I'm intrigued by this point guard shooting gong shooting guard combo that is Woolridge and Gilder. Uh, Woolridge comes from North Texas. Admin Gilder was a former elite recruit. He had played really well at Texas A&M. He just decided to transfer and had to sit out a season with a blood clot in his biceps. Are these two guys going to power the identity of Gonzaga or is it going to be the, the normal Gonzaga that we know? I think they're going to be a big part of it. I Kispert and, and I can't say this enough, you know, they have these, secret scrimmages in, in quotation marks because everybody knows about them now and the information gets out about them. And Gonzaga hammered Michigan State. The, really? You know, the number one team uh, in, in both the AP and the coaches poll in their scrimmage. And, 
you know, obviously it's a scrimmage, so you don't want to put too much weight on it. Uh, Michigan State was without Josh Langford, who, who is continuing to recover from his injury, and so that factors in there. And, and Michigan State is typically a program that plays better at the end of the year, and yet, you know, this is still Michigan State with Cassius Winston, uh, with, with Xavier Tillman, with, with those guys, and Corey Kispert dropped uh, dropped 28 points in that game, Trey. So, I mean, he was he was terrific. Gilder and Woolridge were, were strong as well. And, and so I think that this could be more of a backcourt uh, related, to, uh, more of a backcourt driven team, excuse me. Uh, I think the front court they can rotate through guys and, and have several different players make an impact. And that's especially if Tilly doesn't regain, you know, sort of his all-conference form. Uh, but but I do think that the backcourt could the new guys could factor in quite a bit. You know, you look at Woolridge and Gilder, both of them average double digit points a game in their previous stops. Both of them, you know, have the ability to shoot from the outside, and and Gilder in, in particular made almost forty percent of his threes two years ago. And, and so when you add those two to Kispert, you know, they, this is a group that that's looking like it's going to be really strong in the backcourt and, and strong with guys who are experienced and have played a lot of college basketball. Yeah, newsflash to the fans who might not be paying attention as, as far as recruiting goes. Gonzaga is really turning into something. Last year, they already have the number 13 class on campus. They're working on the number 22 class right now. Kevin, the last time they had a class sort of considered this good was 2016 when they came in at 20, and that class included Rui Hachimura. That class included Zach Collins, who was one and done. That class also included Killian Tilly who's sort of in this mythical figure around Gonzaga now for quite some time. He cannot stay healthy. Uh, he had a procedure earlier this month to clean up his knee, uh, which is not too serious, but yet he'll be out for a little bit. He would also, he had, this is coming off of, he had declared for the NBA draft last spring, but had to withdraw because he sprained his ankle during his first workout. In 2017, he was injured too. So let's just, uh, let's just pretend that Killian Tilly is going to eventually get healthy, and we hope he does. What could he be if he is? He could be an All-American. I mean, he he's the type of player who is so tough to match up with because he's six foot ten and he shoots the absolute snot out of the ball. I mean, he's somebody that that has averaged forty seven percent from behind the three point arc, not in a season, but for his entire Gonzaga career. And, and so you're talking about one of the truly elite shooters in college basketball and also being somebody who is tall enough that he can just shoot over the top of everybody. And you saw that in the West coast conference tournament, you know, a couple of years ago when, when he was healthy, people forget about this. I think he averaged 23 points a game over those three games and made something like 13 of 14 from behind the three point arc, you know, and, and he's not going to shoot obviously at that level over the course of a full season. But if he makes, you know, 47% of his of his three-pointers like he has for his career and he's able to he he's able to play out a full season or, or close to a full season and, and carve out a bigger role, you're looking at somebody who wouldn't have any problem averaging 15, 16, 18 points a game. Tilly uh miss he was he played he played 15 games last season. So yeah, hoping hoping he can be fully healthy this year. Last one I'll send you out with. Mark Few, Gonzaga lifer, or in five years are we looking at an NBA coach? I think he's a Gonzaga lifer, and I, I think the way that you determine that is that he hasn't jumped 
to any other major college job, hasn't really, I don't think, even put his name in. If he has, it's been awfully quiet. Uh, there have been major schools that have pursued him and said, hey, you know, we, we'd really want you to, to run this program. But I, I think he's just got too much of a good thing where he's at. And he's recruiting at the, you know, kind of the highest level he has in his Gonzaga career. And, and so if he does make a move at all, I would assume it would be to retire and not to, to go ahead and, and make that leap to the NBA. You look at so many of the different things that make him successful at Gonzaga, and it's hard to see him having those same advantages uh, within the NBA where, where the talent level depends on, on a lot more than the coach. You're kind of at the mercy of your players, and that's before you even talk about the having to manage the egos of all sorts of players who – who quite frankly make more money than you do and are more valuable parts of a franchise. And so I do think that if I'm looking at it now, I, I would put, you know, I would put my money on that, uh, on that betting board on him remaining at Gonzaga at this point. All right. That wraps up our look at number eight Gonzaga. Next time we will take a look at number seven. Who will it be? Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.